1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of But Why, the podcast that's all about digging into big questions and tricky topics via honest conversations. This week, we're going to be looking at burnout, so that in a cheery voice, it is not a cheery subject, but still. Um, and I am speaking to Caroline Duna, who is a humorist and storyteller. She spent years as a performer and darted like it was her job, because it kind of was until it wasn't, because her first book, The Fuck It Diet, is all about healing your relationship with food and moving away from diet culture. And her second book, and the reason we're going to have this conversation, is Tired As Fuck, which is a tale of exhaustion and burnout, and something I'm sure that so many of us can relate to. So without further ado, let's get cracking. I'd like to start with three questions. How are you really? what star sign are you and what's your favorite crisps which chips american chips oh yeah okay uh how am
0: i really oh what a question it's so hard to answer that these days i've mm. i've for the past two years i've been like oh <laughs> like even mm. in the grocery store how are you doing oh you know <laughs> bored you I'm know... mad but okay <laughs> <laughs> could be worse could be a lot better um i'm a I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling like, I, I was trying to ask myself this the other day. Mm. I feel um, neutral.
1: That's okay. Neutral right. good.
0: I feel like nothing is, nothing's in a crisis right now. Mm. Like n- nothing in my life is in a crisis right now, but everything outside of my life seems to be falling apart. So... Yeah, that's it. It's a
1: very uh, strange place to sit, isn't it? The world is a bit screwed, but I'm okay. It's yeah, like reality. I think I'm okay today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And favorite chips or crisps?
0: My favorite chips, I really like just plain salt ruffles. For some oh, yeah. reason, the ruffles taste better to me. Uh, Than just the flat ones. I don't know what's up with that, but so I love the ruffles.
1: We don't have ruffles in this country, so for oh, me, really? ruffles ruffles are holiday crisps. Oh
0: yeah, they're so good. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's there's there's more Ridges. places for the salt. Yeah, more more places for the salt to get trapped. I don't know, but
1: why don't we I have them, them in the UK? We have a we have a we have a lot of crisps, but not ruffles because they're part of Lay's, aren't they? Are they?
0: Right. I know what it is. You, you guys just need to get some different potato cut- cutters or something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is a really... They must have thought about it for a reason. Yeah, I
0: don't know. That's Who knows?
1: Um, so I'm going to go straight into the quite the brutal stuff, but tell me about your, your burnout, I suppose, how it came about, How if you saw it coming, how you knew you'd got there.
0: Yeah. So what's interesting is it was about five years ago and I... I knew that there was something wrong. I was like, I am having so much trouble focusing. I am like dreading everything on my schedule, everything in my life that I used to love doing. I can't even imagine mustering the strength. There was just something really, really off. And my first reaction, you know, which is the way that I'd kind of approached everything up until that point was, what's wrong with me? why, you know, like what, what hack, like what, um, you know, method of self-help do I need to like remedy the situation and push through? Cause I was, I was essentially a self-help addict at the time. Um, Mm. and it, it kind of came after being a, a diet addict and a diet book, um, Kind of zealot, but I would like go from diet to diet. It was like I was putting all my eggs in one basket. Oh my god, Mm -hmm. this is going to be the thing that heals me. And then I, and then I sort of moved away from diets and and put that all of that energy into self help. So Mm. I reached this this place where I was just so burnt out, but it didn't seem like um, it didn't seem like I deserved to be burnt out. It didn't seem at the time, you know. I just realized this as I've been talking to people about about my story and about you know talking about the book. I didn't realize I was burnt out. I thought I was tired. I didn't even use the the word burnout until mm. until a couple of years after when I was like, "Oh my god, that's what that was. That's what that was." I was explaining it as, "Oh, I'm just really tired and it's more than just physical exhaustion," which mm. is, you know, as we talk more about burnout, my kind of big belief about burnout at this point and what what we miss about burnout is that it's kind of a bigger mind-body-spirit situation that we get ourselves into. It's not just physical. Mm. Yes, it is physical. We do become physically exhausted, and physical rest can be very helpful. But usually, we are burnt out. It's not just, oh, we've been working really, really hard. Oh, we haven't been sleeping enough. It's usually these mental and emotional causes mm. of burnout that coincide with it, Um And a lot of that, the way that that manifests for a lot of people, is guilt over resting or guilt over just sort of the way that we approach our lives. Like, oh, I should be doing something different. Oh, I'm not doing this right. Oh, uh, people are really going to judge me for this. That is extremely depleting, especially for years on end. Especially Mm. if we're not even aware that that's how the back of our mind is constantly working. So there's this there's this mental and emotional piece to burnout that can really, really run people down. And then if they think that um, that rest and physical rest is all they need, like, oh, I just need to go on a two-week vacation and, mm. you know, sleep and, and I'll get back and I'll be fine. You know, that might help. But if you're in this very, very unsustainable dynamic with your life and the way you treat yourself and the way you kind of schedule your life and the way you approach it, it's just gonna happen again. Mm. So there's more there's more that goes into, you know, if, if the if the causes of your burnout are physical, mental, and emotional, it's gonna be a physical, mental, and emotional journey to get to back to a place that is is a bit more sustainable. So for me, I was like, I don't deserve to be tired, <laughs> like looking mm. looking around at the other people. I don't have kids, I don't like there are all of these reasons that I should be fine. I should be perfectly fine. But I was ignoring the fact that for the the previous at least 15 years of my life since i was you know in 8th grade i had been feeling like i like i was never doing enough i was never allowed to relax i felt guilty every single time i had downtime and so it was just this kind of like slow constant depletion from nonstop low grade anxiety and feeling guilty about you know, it was it was all based on these beliefs about what I should be doing or how impressive I should be or when I'm allowed to actually relax. Never, you know, never. So I, I think that that's way more common. I think that kind of like approach to life is, is very, very common because it's what we're rewarded for and it's what we're
1: mm.
0: without words told that we should be doing. Um, there's this belief like, oh, well, when I get there, when I get to mm. that place in that house with that job and that amount of money and that. You know, partner, and that all, and that you know, business. Then I can relax. Mm. That never happens. Never Never ever happens because once we get there, we're doing. We have a new goal, so we never relax. And that, I mean, I really believe that this is one of the big reasons that we get burnt out, and we because we don't even realize that we're operating in this extremely Mm. depleting way, where we are never good enough. We are never allowed to relax, and so rest and relaxation. Well, we think, okay, all right, I understand, I get it, I'm tired, I need to take some downtime. And then when we're taking the downtime, we feel stressed and guilty and anxious about it the whole time. So we just stay in the cycle. Um, So it was, for me, I just, I I had this kind of like epiphany almost where I was Mm like, oh, my God, like I have been absolutely like cruel to myself and just I, never ever I've never I've never relaxed I've never relaxed <laughs> never I don't I like I just I didn't even know I was allowed to and then once I started thinking that I needed to I just I didn't know how and I felt mm. guilty about it and um it just hit me like I don't want to live like this and it's going to keep it's never going to it's it's this is this is what everyone's doing and this is what I'm going to continue to do to myself if I don't change something up. If I don't get really deliberate about, okay, Mm. what can I change? Because it's not like I couldn't stop working. When I tell people, you know, the book is about the exhaustion, like the dynamics that exhausted me. And then hopefully people can kind of draw their own conclusions about their own exhaustion um, through my own experience. And then the two years of rest, I called it this like epic two years of rest that I embarked on. Mm-hmm. And while, wh- while I was embarking on the two years of rest and I was sharing about it, you know, with the readers of the fuck it diet. Cause I, I wrote this blog at the time called the fuck it diet. It turned into a book called the fuck it diet. But at the time I was writing the book and I was sharing with all of my followers on Instagram, and all my podcast cast listeners I was saying I am exhausted and I'm mm. on two years of rest. Mm. I'm just burnt out and I am doing I'm doing the bare minimum. I'm still clearly doing some clear, clearly I'm still podcasting and I'm yeah. still, you know, okay. working but but there are so many things in my life that I have let myself let go of mm. and let myself say no mm. to. And I moved cities, I moved from New York to Philadelphia because I couldn't afford <laughs> to do less in New York, you know. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people assumed that my two years of rest was me not doing anything, like nothing for two years. And it's, again, it's funny because, like, I was telling, like, they didn't realize, like, doing a podcast and doing this and, you know, running your own business, even if you're trying to kind of pare down what you do, it still, you know, takes a lot of energy. But mm-hmm. it was really about looking at the things that I thought I had to do, <laughs> the thought yeah. I really, really, like, I must keep up this part of my career. I must keep up this part of my business. I must keep up this kind of social life. I must stay in New York. It's a failure if I leave New York. Mm. All of these beliefs, all of these beliefs that I didn't even examine that were leading to things I was forcing myself to do and things I was forcing myself to um believe about myself and the way that I was talking to myself that was able to keep me exhausted. Like it was all of these other things that I just assumed I had to do, or I assumed I had to be. So I know that that's, that's kind of vague, but, no. um,
1: no, it's I, speaking to me in such a like, <laughs> way. like oh, my word, I, and I think I'm listening to you and it, it's, there's such parallels to the awakening of, of diet culture. You know, I've been through a yeah. very similar journey, spent I don't know, up until my early 30s, maybe a bit more. Yeah, every diet going because that's, and I didn't even know that was a disordered way of being. Right. I was like, this, this is just normal. You diet, right. you diet after Christmas, you diet before a holiday, you start a diet again on a Monday. Right. You, you hate carbs, you, et cetera, et cetera, all of this until eventually it's, it's so parallel, isn't it? Yes. So yes. until I tied myself in such a knot with my rules about what this diet was, I actually would look in the fridge and be like, you know just didn't know how to eat anymore not yeah. in a like not in the extreme eating disorder way just I was so confused with the dialogue in my head and it's so funny this exactly what you're describing again you go oh my word yeah I have completely bought into the idea that I yeah must be running my business that I must be a great friend that I must be a great partner that I should be going and doing this and then even when you go through that list you Yeah. I mean, it's unachievable, but it is, but we are so deeply in it that you don't even know that that is not, not a great way to be because it's, you just exist in this churn of it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's exactly, and that, you know, it was a gift in a way because I had been through healing my relationship with food five years before Mm -hmm. my burnout. And it was this unlearning, right? It was this, oh my God, I have all these beliefs about the way I'm supposed to look and the way I'm supposed to eat, and what my appetite's supposed to be like, and all of this stuff about health and dieting and food and weight and worse, and all of this stuff that, like, realizing how um, kind of indoctrinated I was into yeah. this belief system that was not that I thought was good for me, but was actually like terrible for me. Yeah. And this, you know, one of the things that I talk about a lot with food is like, you know, so many of us think that we are food addicts because we cannot control ourselves around food, but we don't understand that living in a culture that's obsessed with dieting—that tells yeah. you you're constantly eating too much, tells you that your body is wrong—and then putting yourself on an actual physical diet will will directly make us feel out of control around food yeah. and act like a food addict. So it's this thing of like you're a food addict when the actual issue is you're actually not eating enough food and yeah, not allowing hungry. yourself to exactly, you're hungry. <laughs> and if you're not physically hungry, you're mentally hungry mm. because you feel guilty all of the time about the way that you're eating. It's like the exact same thing as, yeah. Oh my God, I am exhausted. What is wrong with me? Yeah. Why am I so lazy? Why can't I just push through and do all the things that Sarah down the street is doing? Mm. Actually, Sarah down the street may be suffering too, or doesn't even know, you know, hasn't hit her wall. You just don't know. You just don't know what's going on for Sarah. (laughs) And we are living in a culture that's like you can and should do everything, and mm. you can and should do everything amazingly and impressively, mm. and look really, really good while you're doing it, too. And enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That, that's
1: the mad thing is like, you're, and you're meant to be enjoying this, and then you're like, oh, wow, I am doing all this thing, but am I having a nice time? Because exactly. I'm, not entirely, I'm not entirely sure I am. Exactly. <laughs> But it's so, it, uh, yeah, it's really, I love this food analogy because that same thing when you come out of the other side of diet culture and you go, you know, whatever you want to call it, intuitive eating, start learning just how to eat in a way where you trust your body. You're just like, oh, wow, well, how did I make it so complicated for so long? Because I if I just eat when I'm hungry, yeah, you know, the the first stage of that is you, you may eat a bit more than you once did, but it does level out. And that's <laughs>
0: the same that's the same thing with rest. There are is so really? many people who are like, I'm so burnt out, but I but I'm so like once because once you allow yourself to start eating, it's like your body's like, Oh, we're doing this? Okay, I'm starving. And it's terrifying to people because every message we get in our culture mm. is you know, don't do the, do not give into your hunger. It is bad. Mm -hmm. It is dangerous. You will never come (sighs) back, you know, when really it's this pendulum swing. And then once you feel fed, it gets a lot more balanced. Yeah, It's the same thing with rest where your body's like, oh my God, really? Oh my God, we're we're really going to rest. And you, a lot of people are like, I am like more, I've started resting. I've started letting myself off the hook and I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. Like it's terrifying to people because mm-hmm. they're like, is something really wrong with me? Is this ever going to end? Like maybe, you know, maybe it's this fear of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because this is like, yeah. rev- like whatever this is- next. And exactly. It,
1: and it's that narrative in your head, you know, of, oh, well, once I stop, I'm just going to turn into a terrible, lazy person. Exactly. But actually, there is no such thing as a terrible, lazy person, you know, as long as that person is fulfilling what they need to do in their life to survive exactly. in a ha- happy, healthy way. But-
0: exactly. Exactly
1: that's held up as like the worst possible example of someone you should be. And it's just like, yeah, it's this hustle culture, isn't it? And this, yeah, always on. It's it's always on all the time. And I found myself doing it, you know, I get one project out the door and I have that moment of, oh, uh, it's out the door. And my brain, the next time, next minute, is like, well, what should we pick up instead? Exactly. You literally can't allow that Little bit of emptiness, yeah.
0: And I think there's, I think there's two big reasons for that. I think the first reason is that we have accidentally started using busyness as sort of like a drug, like sort of like a behavioral addiction. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, again, very similar to having any sort of disordered eating and micromanaging your body. It's this very, very socially acceptable distraction so mm. it's um,
1: Numbing.
0: it numbs and it distracts us from mm-hmm. all of the painful stuff that ideally if we were if we were all raised with like really good emotional intelligence we would understand that emotions are meant to be felt we need to process it if we're not in our bodies feeling we're gonna you know probably have some unprocessed stuff or even unprocessed trauma all of the stuff that we just don't Learn like we were—we're we're forced. It, we're forced to learn it on our own as adults, if we ever learn it at all. And instead, we are going from behavioral addiction to behavioral addiction, or substance addiction to substance addiction, as a way to just feel okay. But it's this unsustainable thing that eventually, you know, we probably or we may, if we're lucky, realize, okay, this is this is not going to work. And there's yeah. some stuff I need to actually kind of sort through, process, feel. So it's literally just a way to distract from the uncomfortable stuff. Mm. That's one thing. And the other thing is kind of like what I was saying about it being this socially acceptable thing. You're very rewarded for it and you're very praised for it that's really hard to let go of too. It's really hard to also see that it's dysfunctional if you get a lot of praise for it. But I think it really started and it starts in school where there is one way to be good and get good grades and it's to follow all the rules mm-hmm. to to just be constantly on and to, you know we learn we get rewarded by following the one way to be good and impressive and smart. Mm. And it's, we, we know enough to say like, Oh, well, but there are different learning styles and there are different ways of being smart. And there are, you know, like we're not all supposed to become mathematicians. So what about the other areas of life? And what about trade? And what about all of this, you know, different trade school and all this stuff we, uh, what about emotional intelligence? (laughs) What about like learning to, you know, deal with our emotions? What about all of this stuff that we just don't learn in school? There's just one way, and it correlates exactly to the corporate world, being a productive, impressive mm-hmm. person, making a lot of money, and then growing old and being like, where did my life go, <laughs>
1: you know? What have I been working towards? Yeah. this like, it, it's that same thing of with, with a diet when you've got this idea of a weight or a size or whatever. And then, you know, I've never, I never got to my ideal thing because of course it was an unachievable thing, but I got close to it. Mm-hmm. And it was like some of the unhappiest times of my life and mm-hmm. it's just like these these false yeah these false things that we're pointing towards that yeah that rob us of kind of the experience of now it is absolutely insane but I also think we've got it's a very default to blame technology but we have we've taken all the pause moments out of our lives haven't we there's none there's oh, no sitting on the sofa there's no standing in a queue <laughs> god
0: no um, and end, and for all my talk I'm a mess. <laughs> yeah. I am a mess with technology. Like uh, it hit me. It hit me, you know, this year, last year. I was like, oh God. Like actually, when I was going through my two years of rest, I was not this addicted to technology. Yes, I used it. Yes, I scrolled, but it was not something that I like. It wasn't as much of a like compulsion to check yeah. everything and a, oh, I'm um, cleaning a better put on a podcast. Like I am. I, I'm real. I'm re-realizing it is never silent. I've right. just started in the past week or two. I've started doing this is something that I that I put in my first book, The Fuck It Diet. 10 minute lie down. It's mm. The simplest meditation you'll yes. ever do. Just get lie in bed, lie close your eyes for 10 minutes and don't consume any content. Mm. Like just you're allowed to think. You don't have to stop your brain. You don't have to do any, you don't have to do anything, but just like give it a pause. Mm. Give it a pause. It sounds too basic to be helpful, but yeah. it's actually one of those things. It's like, it's it's so basic and it's so rare these days that yeah. it is that profound, that it yeah. is that like, it's, I, I've just started again in the past week and it's like the best, it's the best thing. It's like my brain like does this unwinding and I mm. like,
1: it's. It's so <laughs> it's... and it's so obvious and it, it, the mad thing is this is what I always think I'm so busy like trying to be 10 steps ahead trying to figure out what to cook for dinner and, you know, I'm thinking then I must go to the shop. I must do this. And then I've done this thing occasionally, like you're saying, lie down for 10 minutes. And your subconscious can actually do some figuring yeah. out. You're like, oh, no, you've got this in the fridge. You don't need exactly. to go. So not exactly. only have you had to lie down, I've just saved you 20 minutes of stress.
0: Exactly. That's the thing. That's this. It's this thing. Like, where where does our subconscious, where does our intuition pipe up? It doesn't pipe up when we're constantly, like, rapidly, you know, doing things Consuming. and think, trying to think it happens in this downtime. It happens in the shower. It happens in that quiet moment that we rarely take because I'm listening to a stupid podcast in the shower.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And and again, it's always like, Oh, what else can I do? Oh, I'm sitting on a train. Well, I can do my online shop, but look out the window and I'm preaching this and then don't do it because you're, you're desperately trying to get to the end of a to-do list. I know that is unachievable. Um, do you think? Oh, what is? It? How do it? But again, I think it is like the diet thing. You've got to really fight yourself. You know, the day I kind of gave up dieting, it's it is a, those first couple of months are, are very exposing. Yes, um, because you're rewiring everything. And actually, I, I don't drink either. And when I gave up drinking, it kind of rewired everything I thought and knew about myself and mm-hmm. and society and my habits and mm-hmm. what I hid behind. And you're in, but it is self accountability, isn't it?
0: Yes. And you know, what's interesting when I uh, went on my two years of rest, I'm not sober, but I, I just knew I was like, something is wrong. And I don't feel good physically. And when I drink even just one drink, I feel like I feel horrible. It's like my body, going, it's like, nope. there's something, there's something, yeah, there's something wrong. I mean, clearly, I don't know what's going on with these people who are totally fine, you know, drinking all the time, but mm. I just can't, like, I can't do it. And if I'm tired and it messes up my sleep, yep. like it's it, I, I, w- I'm just wake up tired every day when I'm drinking. And I was like, if I really want to rest and have any chance of actually feeling rejuvenated, I, I have to stop for mm. at least for, it was for the two years. Mm. And, you know, I think probably over the course of two years, I had like three glasses of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I wasn't, I didn't totally, and I would have, I would have a half glass. I'd be like, I'll mm-hmm. order one. I'll have a couple sips. But I, it like, I just knew, I just mm-hmm. knew there's something yeah. really off with this. And there's something really, um, really depleting about alcohol in my life right now. Yeah, And. Um, and because my issue with it wasn't emotional, I, I knew it was physical. So I didn't know, I knew that it, for me, it didn't have to be like a, a like a 100% cold turkey sober, but, um, man, I, I am so thankful that I did that. And I drink mm. so much less than I ever yeah. did before because I I now can feel it's so clear. Two years of not dr- not drinking barely at all. Like when I have a drink or two now, I'm like, this sucks. (laughs) Like, this feels (laughs) horrible after 45 minutes. It's 45 minutes of fun. And then it's like, whoa, God.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's always the thing for me. Uh, You know, a bit like with the food, was my relationship with alcohol not great? Was there bits of it? Yes. But ultimately, the thing that stopped me is that it triggered my anxiety in such a Mm -hmm. terrible way, ruined Mm -hmm. my sleep, stopped me exercising, made me eat rubbish, all that kind of perfect storm for my mental Mm -hmm. health but what i always think is that i see people drinking and then complaining about anxiety and it comes all with the same thing like anxiety is a condition of course but you also when your body when you feel anxious it's your body trying to give you a really loud clear mm-hmm. message to do something different mm-hmm. stop drinking go to bed mm-hmm. put mm-hmm. some nice food in me yes but we try and, we try and treat the anxiety not what the cause of the anxiety yes. is i
0: think yeah and and it's it's so yeah there are in my opinion there are many different causes of anxiety many different factors that go into anxiety you know there are some people who are just born genetically anxious chemical imbalance but then there are all these other compounding issues that are only going to make it worse so can we look at these so you know there's there's some anxiety that we can do something about you know we can get medicated. We can't all of, Mm -hmm. all of these things, but there are lifestyle things too, that we don't realize are also just adding to the, the pile. And for me, alcohol was one of those things for me. And for many of us, it was these beliefs too, about what I was supposed to be doing and what, you know, when I was allowed to be relaxing, never. And all of the things that I was forcing myself to do. So when I was able to sort through just even a couple of those things, No, it didn't 100% cure my anxiety. I still have anxiety. But it was the biggest relief. I mean, Mm. I felt a marked, humongous sense of relief when I shifted those things in my life.
1: Yeah, and yeah, same for me. I, yes, suffered with anxiety and changing those things just just took the overall sense of anxiety away from me yes, yes there are still there are still things and actually I'm now usually better at pinning that to something yeah you know, I rarely get that just low level anxiety right. feeling anymore it's but- easier to
0: well here's the thing that when you just have a million causes of anxiety, yeah. <laughs> it's it's impossible to figure out where it's coming from and if there's anything that you can do about it, because it's just just this overwhelm. This is overwhelm. Mm. And it but if you can slowly start going through and unpacking, you know, even just belief by belief by belief, mm. then when you feel it, you can say, Okay, is this stemming from a belief that I can actually identify mm. because I have more awareness around the way in my head, is this stemming from something physical? Like what can there's a lot more ability to kind of sort through once you start. That's a hard thing. Like I, I even I, I talk about like um, our our mind being this like tangled knot, mm-hmm. you know. Before we start sorting it through, and it can be so overwhelming to figure out. Like okay, well, wh- what's the first not that I need to, mm. you know? And it's it's just it's so hard to under. But once you start slowly but surely, then it's easier to to see the whole picture and to actually get at all the other knots. if And actually,
1: I'm wondering if it's sometimes the thing right in front of you. So last week I had a lot of podcasts booked up and I was just like, and I had one on a Friday morning. I just couldn't work out how I was going to do the prep for it. And then I woke up and I was like, oh no, you're self-employed. It's your podcast. You can just move it, Cami, and then I messaged a girl, and she was like, "Oh my word, thank <laughs> goodness! I can't fit it in either, really." But I didn't want to let you down.
0: I and know. Just... That's so common. I I'll... last week I was supposed to have a call with a journalist, and I I was so sick that day. Like I was my I was so brain fogged. I was like mm. had this headache. I was like, oh, I can't cancel. It. I'm just gonna like power through. And she texted me and said, Caroline, I'm feeling under the weather. Is it? I'm, I'm so sorry to ask this, but is it okay if we move it to later in the week? And Mm. I was like,
1: yes, (laughs) please. (laughs) And if we normalize that a bit. I know. Because then hopefully you can show up for people in your capacity and able to do, because it's self-fulfilling, you know. You do do that interview or the podcast half cut. You're not that pleased with the result. You tell yourself you're... You're failing, yada yada yada. Whereas it's amazing, you know, a couple of nights sleep, a slightly bit more flex in your schedule. You're like, mm-hmm. oh no, that that thing that was, like you say, in the peak of burnout when you're looking at your schedule and you you can't even do the replying to the emails. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, a bit of a pause away from it, and you go, oh right, yeah, I can just ping out all these emails in exactly. half an hour. Exactly. <sighs> but it's it's so obvious, but we, we fail to see. Yeah. And we're all I, really, yeah.
0: You know. No, I know. And it, it's, it's hard. Cause you don't want to let people down. You don't want to let yourself down, but you know, during, and I've kind of, you know, scaled this back a little bit because I actually generally do have more energy, like so much more energy than mm. I had five years ago. But when I went into my two years of rest, I was like, okay, one of my big Focuses is going to be if I do not have energy for something, no questions asked. I am allowed to not do it. I'm allowed to reschedule. I'm allowed to whatever I need to do. Obviously, there are things you can't just like never do, right? Like, but if I need to reschedule it, I will reschedule it. Mm -hmm. If I need to find a way to make it more, you know, approachable, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to let myself feel guilty about Mm -hmm. it. Because my mode before was guilt, 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 guilt. And so I knew, okay, if I'm gonna, if I'm going to try and change the way I approach this and genuinely honor my exhaustion that mm. I'm in right now, I know guilt is gonna come up. Mm. And my goal is to be just so aware. Like my goal is to be so aware of the guilt mm-hmm. when it comes up, because I'm I'm now aware that guilt is one of the things that's depleting me. Yes. So if I can be really aware of it. When it comes up, I can say, Oh, there it is. I expected you. And mm-hmm. then do and then go further to say, okay, where is this guilt coming from? Yeah. Why do I feel this? What stupid belief is make is like making this guilt bubble up? But it was like this radical permission to say no, reschedule, mm-hmm. cancel things, say, I'm so sorry, you know, like even just this thing of like, this is the shift, right? Um, and, and I think people will probably think that this is irresponsible, but saying i'm so sorry i i cannot fit that into my schedule even if your you next could. day yeah, is like right. the day that you've cleared so because you need it and you you or or say you don't do more than one mm-hmm. you know interview a day or something and you technically have 2 hours right there but you know mm-hmm. you know yourself enough to know that you need that time mm-hmm. you're allowed to say i do not have the time because mm-hmm. you don't You've put aside that time. You're using that time for something else. You're using that time to for, rest. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that's that's like a. It's just a mental shift mm. of people feel like, well, I'm not, but I do have the time, and I should. And what does it mean about me if I say no? And what is it? Am I ever going to do anything ever again? Is this irresponsible? Am I late? And all of these things that that keep us saying yes to everything.
1: And the mad thing is, we don't. We don't apply that rule to others. You're not, it's not like if someone is to reply to me and say, oh, I'm busy, could we reschedule? Or, you know what, I'm really tired out. Would you mm-hmm. mind if we did? I would never think badly I know. of them. It's, it's, I'd be it's, like,
0: amazing. Good for you. Yeah, exactly. And if we
1: if we have that dialogue more, you know, it's the same with friends. And sometimes you do need to be nudged, not just to end up in your pajamas every night. Right. But again, having to put these elaborate rules where uh, you know these are elaborate lies just say I'm really sorry I'm tired out I'd love to see you yes and yeah your most your most favorite people you will always find time for and if if to be honest it feels like a massive drain of energy it's a a sign (laughs) it's a sign it is and that was one of the things again
0: that was actually one of the other big focuses in my two years of rest because for me specifically I felt really tapped out socially. I had been like just going so hard for so many years. And it's it's this thing where like I really believe everybody needs a different kind of rest because there are people who have just been working so hard for so many years and what they need is more social time. You know, yes. that will actually be rejuvenating for them. But I knew I was like I'm also really burnt out socially and so I'm going to need to start getting comfortable saying no and explaining, you know, to my good friends, I explained, like, I'm really burnt out. Like I really, I need to like overhaul the way I'm operating. And just like you said, the good friends, the people who actually heard you didn't care. Mm. And and I did get to a place like it really it worked (laughs) because I did get to a place where I genuinely was like, I want to see people. Yeah. I want to do things. But it took me a while. Mm. Like I was that tired that I needed like That's why I knew I needed two years. And again, it's not like I didn't do anything. It's not like I didn't go to my best friend's wedding. You know, it's not like I wasn't like Mm. engaging in life. I was just saying no a lot more. And then working through the guilt that came up when I said no.
1: That's interesting. In fact, I saw someone posting again about alcohol. She's like, "I'm not sober, but my default is no. But mm-hmm. there are there are still yeses, and I think mm-hmm. that might be it. Like, you don't want to be your default to say no to every opportunity, but to sit a bit closer to that. Like, yes, if it doesn't, yeah, if it isn't something that is going to. The thing is, you always know you get a work offer or a or a social offer, and you know mm-hmm. when you receive that email or text. But in your heart of hearts, you don't want to do it. Exactly.
0: And then you say yes, and then you stress about it. And then, yeah, (laughs) exactly. You
1: know, the stuff that is genuinely brilliant for whatever socially or for your career or that would come easy to you. You'll say yes, too. Yeah. But your intuition
0: knows. That's the other thing. That's the huge thing. I noticed very quickly that when I gave myself permission to say no to the things that I knew that I did not have the energy for or that I didn't want to be doing as much of anymore, Mm. I had so much more free time to say yes and to focus on the things that I genuinely wanted to do. Mm. And one of those things was writing the fuck it diet book. One of those things was running the kinds of workshops I was excited about Mm. and not the kinds of workshops I was forcing myself to, you know, it was all this stuff where like, it sounds cliche. It sounds like too good to be true, but like make a vacuum in your life and you will be able to fill it with the things that you actually want. Yeah. The things that you're actually meant to be doing. I mean, there's so much that I actually did in those two Mm. years that I'm so happy about that are, that are still like, that, that actually kind of redirected my life in the direction I actually wanted to be going in. Mm. But if I had given into the fear of, like, well, I can't say no because I'm going to be giving up all of these mm. other opportunities and people aren't going to like me and people are going to be annoyed and all of those opportunities, like, but maybe I should be a speaker. Maybe I should be traveling the country doing, like, speaking. That was the but last I wanna... thing I wanted to do. <laughs> but I was like, well, maybe I should. And it's like, no, you don't want to. You don't mm. have the energy for that. You don't. And you. You just quit acting. That was one of the big things. I, I was an actor at the, in New York, and that was one of the hugest energy sucks on my life because it was this big, like, I can't quit. You know, mm. I put all this time into it. I put all this energy into it. I majored in. I had an agent. Like, all of this stuff, right? All these beliefs, like, you have to do it. It's it's a failure if you quit. But I, I hated it. I had mm. gotten to the point where I hated the lifestyle, and mm. I hated auditioning. I hated it. And I had been, I'd been so depleted for the, for, you know, again, the 15 years before, because every day it was like, okay, what, what do I, what audition do I, where do, what dress do I have to wear to look really good, like this part and go and like impress them. And it was a thing with, you know, I was getting at the time, five years ago, I was getting all of these speaking opportunities because the fuck it diet was growing. And I was like... (gasps) This is the last thing I want to do Mm. because it reminds me so much of acting and auditioning and going and being like, hi, do you guys like me? Am I going to impress you with my thing? And, but I felt so guilty. I was like, but if I really want to be successful, this is how people really make money. And it was this whole thing. Like I had to be like, no, I don't Mm. want to. I don't want to do it. And I don't have the energy. Mm. And if, if ever I'm going to do it now is not the time. Because I'm so burnt out, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, and that was the big fear. Oh no, what's going to happen to me? It's okay. It all yeah, turned nothing, out okay. I focused on other things that actually were not depleting to me. And you know, if I want to start speaking, I I still can. You know,
1: but you probably don't want to. And, I that's, don't. <laughs> and that's that's the uh, that's the thing again. I'm tying it back to the this all the food stuff because it just yeah. yeah, all those times when I didn't eat a brownie because you shouldn't eat a brownie. But brownies are bloody great. Yeah, exactly. They bring you so much joy. And actually, if you have a brownie when you want one, then you actually also end up really wanting salad as well. Exactly, exactly. And you won't like
0: reach, you know, 11 o'clock at night and be like, I think I need to have a brownie and then no. you have seven, you know? no,
1: But it feels like a really similar thing. If you allow yourself to do more of the great stuff and the stuff yes. that fills you up, which whether that be resting or work projects you like or meeting people you genuinely love, then you have got more capacity because we all have to do the adult thing. Right. Some bits we don't enjoy, of course. Exactly. exactly. Um, but you, it's swinging the balance, isn't it? It's not going in this way, oh, I must endure all this awful stuff to earn two weeks on a day once every (laughs) exactly yeah
0: exactly well it's this thing like we're not looking at the at the the physical and emotional drain of doing things we despise being around people that are stressful all of these things that we're like we, we don't kind of understand how much that can deplete us. And then of Mm. course we don't have energy for our emails or organizing our tax papers, you know, like, of course we don't because we're drained from doing stupid shit that we think we're supposed to do, but Mm -hmm. it's actually just even just like, you know, being in the wrong, this is a a huge thing, but like being in the wrong career for you is inherently going to drain you Mm. because it's, it's going to take so much more effort to do what you have to do than to be doing some. And I, this is, I understand it's easy for us to say this, right. We've like found something that Mm. is, feels aligned, but I'm sure we didn't always, we weren't always doing Mm. this. You know, we had to like navigate to the, to the life that, that didn't constantly deplete us. Mm
1: -hmm. And also that, you know, when you're saying work towards a career that, fills you up that isn't like again like not saying quit your job tomorrow right but but you know often that can be changing things within that existing job or at Mm -hmm. least pointing towards something there's a lot
0: of beliefs about what you know i'm not the best person to speak to like working in an office environment because i i haven't worked in an office environment for 10 years but you know i think there are a lot of beliefs about what we have to do and the kind of jobs that we have to have and the kind of relationship we Mm. have to have with our work, the Mm -hmm. kind of availability we have to have. Somebody DM'd me the other day and they said, I didn't realize that I could talk to my boss and say, this is the part of my job that I really enjoy and that I feel really, really good at. And this is the part of my job that I don't enjoy as much and I don't think I'm as good at. Could I be doing more of this? And they were like, okay. Okay. Like they, they were like, I didn't realize I that was could thing. even do that, but yeah, but but I did it, and now even within this job, that you know, I'm not in charge of the you know the the company or the job that I have, but I was able to advocate for myself yeah. and shift what my actual day to day looks like in a way that like is going to allow me to be less depleted in the big picture. So I think, and of course, not everyone's going to be able to do that. Everyone's situation is different, but I do think that we have these kind of like these beliefs about the way it has mm, to be mm. that we don't even let ourselves question and we definitely don't let ourselves explore whether that's even true or not,
1: you know? Yeah, we're so used to things being hard, equally, that's good, you're really working for it. You know, when, right. I, well, again, this is speaking for myself, but when things come easy, sometimes I'm like, well, that can't be quite right. You right, know, no, completely. Things- <laughs> Completely. I we haven't different. earned that. But you have Even, earned it because however long putting your time into whatever.
0: Completely. Even like over the past, like my, you know, this book Tired as Fuck came out just over a week ago. And having people say to me, oh my God, Caroline, I'm loving it so much. You're such a good writer. My response has been like, first, I'm like, thank you. And then I'm like, I didn't go to school for writing. Like, I, I, do how I just like? Are they wrong? Like, how did that happen? Like, maybe, maybe it's just like a fluke. Like, there's a part of me that's mm. like, well, it should have been harder to mm. to become a good writer, mm. right? So mm, this is like, this could all fall apart at any moment. Like, I still have, I still have that, Awful. you know, or
1: or, or already, like, as soon as you publish, thinking, well, I need better be thinking of the next book. Oh, or, yeah. yeah, like oh, completely.
0: This <laughs> yeah. is never enough. I was just thinking the other day, I speaking of what we were talking about earlier, when I take my dog for a walk in the woods, Mm. I bring my phone. I started bringing my phone because I wanted to make sure I didn't get lost. Right. But then I start, I was like, this is when it really like came to a head when I was like, oh my God, I'm in the woods. It's gorgeous. It just snowed, all this stuff. And I'm looking at my phone and like seeing, seeing what's happening. I left my phone in the car the last time we went a couple of days ago. And I had all, I was like, it was like magic <laughs> yeah. i just like had all these ideas like i've been struggling like what am i going to do next what do i want to write about what a-? a million ideas came and one of them was i need to write about the fact that if you had told me where i would be even 5 years ago two books out you know this kind of feedback this you know these kind of opportunities this kind of following on social media i would be like Wow! Like wow! I mm. must be like so happy and so content and so calm and just like s- everything is. I bet everything is perfect. Mm. And all I'm thinking of is like, oh my god! Like enjoy it. this is over. This is overwhelming, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. And oh my god, having so many followers this is crazy, and I I hate everyone. Like it's it's unbelievable mm. and that's that's the way we think about everything we're like oh mm. they must be so happy and so fulfilled and so like just like calm and and every single day and they know exactly what they're look at their career they know exactly what they're doing I have no fucking idea what I'm doing no. I have no idea
1: <laughs> but you're learning but this again actually this ties me back to a question I was going to ask you earlier about the self-help thing which I'm really really of course really into that But actually, that can become a hindrance because you're like, you've got so many points of reference to layer into whatever you're feeling at any one time. You're also trying to navigate that, you know, you're like, is this my attachment style or is this? I don't know. You can you can do Sado's stuff on yourself when actually sometimes exactly like you're saying, go for a walk in the woods without your phone, lie on the bed without anything going on. And you can that's how you figure it out. Well, that's the craziest thing. And again, I'm not anti self help at all. No, like, no, no, I no. really
0: think I I think that in some ways it it took me on some some detours, right? Like some of them weren't so helpful. But in general, I think I've been able to figure out a lot of stuff in my life because of different various self-help books. And self-help, you know, you know, working working on yourself is not a bad thing, but of course we can u- we can also use that as a distraction, especially mm. if we're going in the wrong direction. What I think the best overall advice is and there are many different ways to do this is to come back into your body to be willing to come back into your body to feel to process to be open to have downtime that is where the healing is right like there's a lot of kind of um very uh very cerebral self help that i think has its place but i think true healing and true intuition and our true wisdom happens embodied in the body and there are a million different ways to do this mm. a million different methodologies to like get you back into mm-hmm. your body feeling and processing and to you know meditation right and whatever that and what that means is genuine downtime genuine mm. downtime whatever that looks like you know, I think meditation is very daunting to people, myself included, because it's uncomfortable and it's kind of like, I don't understand why I'm doing this, but that's why I try to make it as simple as I can for myself of like, get in bed for 10 minutes and and turn your phone off. Yeah. And that's be it. Be comfy.
1: That's an, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because again, we, we can be guilty. I was thinking earlier of trying to making relaxation quite elaborate. You know, for a while I was obsessed with the idea of going on a 10 day silent retreat. Now, that is my brain going to the extreme to try and blimmin' well switch off. It's like, well, how about you just put your phone down <laughs> I know that's, at 8 I, o'clock and go to bed at 9? Sometimes that's nine.
0: harder. I know. But what we want, here's the other thing. Like, Yeah, a 10-day silent retreat could be great. You could have amazing yeah. revelations. But what we really need is to figure out how to integrate that into our real lives. Yeah. Because otherwise, we're going to come back and snap right back into our mode from before. So that's why – that's why the idea of quitting your life and, you know, going and living on an island for two years for your your two years of rest, like, okay, if you can afford that and you think that that's right for you, fine, but when you – if you ever have any plans of coming back, then what? You know, like, it's better – it's better to have to try and figure out how to bring more rest into your life and a more Mm. restful outlook and a kinder way of relating to yourself – in your real life because that's that's how it's going to be you know
1: yeah so that's kind of a really great pace to wiggle towards an ending what so yeah you had your two two years of rest which I absolutely love um and then what do you have is it habits that you have now in your day to day life or is it just a lens and a conversation that you have with yourself
0: yeah well so yeah that's a a, a lot of people are like okay so was it exactly to like what happened what what did, what happened then? How did you know that your rest was over? For me, uh, a, a lot of it was actually really similar to my my relationship with food, where it was like if I can just allow this heal, like kind of allow this natural healing process, I believed that I could get to a place where my body genuinely had more balance, where it mm-hmm. was where it was easier without effort, right? And and that was the case for me. Not that there weren't things like plenty of things to unlearn. Like it was a lot of unlearning, but it was a very similar thing with rest. I was so tired that I really needed to just kind of allow that and then see, okay, (laughs) like do, is this going to kind of handle itself or am I going to have to claw my way out of Mm -hmm. this rest? And at the two year mark, I was like, okay, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep a lot of the, I'm going to keep a lot of the mode that I'm going. Cause I don't know that I'm ready to kind of, I kind of needed a little bit more, honestly. And it was around maybe the two and a half, three year mark that I was like, you know what? I actually, I genuinely, cause I know that we're, <laughs> we're wrapping up, but I just want to say really quickly, the way that burnout manifests for a lot of people is a lack of enthusiasm
1: mm.
0: for the things that used to bring them joy or for the things that they're forcing themselves to do. And that's how I felt. Mm -hmm. And over time I started getting excited about and genuinely interested in doing some of the things that I hadn't had the energy to do Mm -hmm. two years before. And that just like my relationship with food where I was like, Oh my God, I genuinely feel calm around this food that I was terrified of Mm -hmm. and binged on, you know, a year ago, I genuinely don't feel like it has power over Mm me. It was a very similar thing to be like, oh my God, I genuinely want to go out and see my friends. Or I genuinely like I genuinely have energy and enthusiasm for these things that I was just too depleted to have to have any excitement over. So I was able to really notice, okay, there's a genuine shift just in the way that I want to engage with my life. But the biggest irony is when I truly was (laughs) it was 2020 that I was like, all right. this is my year. I'm going to start. I going to start going out to dinner with my friends more. It's going to be brilliant. So, that's that was like my are wow. you Wow. fucking kidding me. I've already rested. Everyone was like, "Oh, th- these two weeks, these two weeks are a great like time to, you know, or, or it's okay, it's just a couple months of like, you know, doing less." And I was like, "Oh, I've been doing
1: less for I'm ready to do more." 3 years. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So, so, you've ended up having like the best part of 4 years on a di- on a very different kind of journey yeah yeah yeah
0: so it um i really do believe that if you are truly tired and you give yourself genuine time to rest that your body and your psyche will yes. will actually like i i really believe that the body and the mind are very intelligent and if you mm. give it what it needs um it really can kind of self-correct and, and self-heal mm. um so but i I did have to, you know, I I think what I want to say is while I was still tired, I had some anxiety that I would always be tired. And mm. and the less I did, I kind of like I I I did develop almost like a little bit of social anxiety because I wasn't used to mm. I was trying to relearn how to navigate things that I I had been operating in a different way and I was like trying to figure out, okay, well, what does deplete me and who does deplete me and what situations are great and what aren't? Like I I, I learned I was an introvert. Like I didn't even know that I was. I thought I was an extrovert because I was like, for, you know, I'm able to fake it. But um, I really do believe that resting can can get you to a place where you're just less depleted and mm-hmm. life is is less overwhelming. Just like you were saying, like even on the, on the micro, right? If you take a couple of days off, if you if you give yourself a couple of good nights of sleep, going through your emails isn't going to be as overwhelming. And then on the macro, on a bigger scale, I, I really believe that, that that happens as well. Yeah,
1: it's exactly to go back to being it. If you're hungry, eat yeah. and don't eat when you're not hungry. Exactly. And, and yeah, we've we've just overcomplicated things yes. for ourselves so by much. Tr- by trying to find answers in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Ah, oh, well, I mean. All I'm thinking is I'm feeling really tired and what am I going (laughs) to do? And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to try and squeeze this in. It's quarter to five here. Go and try and squeeze a bit more work in. But you know what? I won't do that work well. It will tip me over the edge. Better Mm -hmm. to unwind for the evening, get up tomorrow, go again with a clear brain. Yeah. But why is that? You know, and and I have to tell myself I'm gonna have to like wriggle against my own kind of all. But you could just you could just do a little bit. But yeah, we it's know. The, it's we know. Beliefs. Really, it's
0: the, it's the beliefs about what that means about you but that f- you can't do it right now. Yeah.
1: So because we could just keep going, but go, yeah, you you keep, we're keeping going towards ex- exhaustion, not more exactly.
0: joy. Exactly.
1: That's uh, it. This has been uh, yeah unbelievably enlightening. Again, one of those uh oh. I remember when I first read any kind of um, intuitive eating books and I was just like, all right, all right, right. I'm about Uh to (laughs) unpick everything I thought I already knew. Right. But that's a gift, isn't it? So maybe this is one of those very... How, do you think my husband will say I'm on? Don't be <laughs> saying I'm on two years of rest. You look after the kids. Uh, I doubt oh it. I, you can. I can definitely wiggle towards it. Yeah, it's been really inspiring. I've got two more questions before I go, or you go, or we go. Um, where can people find you, and where can they get your new book? Woo!
0: Yes, um, you can find me on Instagram because I'm still addicted uh, at the fuck it diet. <laughs> I'm there way too often at the fuck it diet. And you should be able to um, in North America and in the UK, Ireland, Australia, and some EU countries too. You should be able to get the UK version. Get tired as fuck anywhere books are sold.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and I do know that right now, I don't know when this is coming out, but right now, the um a lot of people in the UK are asking me where the audiobook is. It's supposed to be available, but there's some issue in some way that they exported it or something. So it should be up. If it's not, if you want the audiobook and I do read the audiobook if you want it and it's not there, it should be available soon. Great.
1: It will be there imminently.
0: <laughs> yes. Exactly. Somebody will Windows it cross. will get
1: fixed. <laughs> and then my last question in the theme of the podcast, if you could have an honest conversation with one person. Who would it be and what would you say? Oh my God. Do they have to
0: be alive right now? No. Um, oh geez. I mean, honestly, this is like I wonder how many people say this. I would love, genuinely, I would love to talk to Jesus
1: and be like, what the heck? Like, what's <laughs> No one real? else has ever said that? FYI. <laughs> it's
0: just recently I just feel like I'm just Mate. annoyed that like there's not more like transparency with spirituality and like, is this for real? Like, <laughs> do I really have to like Is it really, I don't know, I'm annoyed. you
1: just want a bit more like I just know,
0: want so- like why are, why is everything invisible like just come tell me what the deal is and I'll I'll do it
1: give me a sign are you asking me <laughs> exactly. to give you a <laughs> sign <laughs> I mean come on Jesus crack on with it um yeah if well, you're real you would appear to me okay? yeah and me alone actually <laughs> well I mean we can only believe that if he's listening that that's right. gonna happen this could be like the turning point in your life <laughs> we, we we hang up and Jesus comes just to wait you. for my next book. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be called Selfie i don't know what
0: i, don't I know mean. If i reckon
1: gonna... he'd be up he'd give you a great chat wouldn't he
0: <laughs> i just feel like i don't understand like i don't understand when people are like i found jesus and i yeah. want to be like what do they mean what can you offer like, i just don't get it yeah i don't because... not believe i just don't understand no. why i should have to believe without a conversation
1: fair or an play. apparition fair play <laughs> either either or <laughs> wow well that no no one has ever said that before (laughs) somebody recently asked to talk to their dog so it's a different time oh
0: well okay if I okay I would that would be my second
1: Want to have a chat with your dog I'd love to know everything she thinks I want to know why she's afraid of
0: cardboard boxes so badly
1: okay so Jesus or a chat with your dog or (laughs) you can have some kind of lovely meeting of minds and all three of you have a chat (laughs) that could be a very interesting turn to the end of the week (laughs) <laughs> oh, absolutely amazing thank you so much it's been yeah been an amazing and very necessary conversation for me I think oh it's so wonderful thank you for having me on oh well that was a bit of a wake-up call because genuinely I am very tired um which is as is every parent or as as is everybody but yeah I've been thinking that I need to go and crack on with a load more stuff when I got off this, but I'm not going to. I'm going to try and not consume anything more, do anything more. and Most of all, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. As, as Caroline was talking, I was trying to pinpoint where these narratives come from, this idea about productivity and self-worth based on what we're doing and not letting people down, and they're all kind of figments of our imagination. Yes, they might have been things we've heard from teachers or parents or colleagues, but that internal dialogue that just keeps us driving forward and for a long time is very useful, I suppose, because it acts as as motivation. But when that motivation isn't satisfied with the end result, then I guess we've got to start thinking of that as an alarm bell and also just really, really valuing rest. Holidays, weekends, evenings off, lions—not going to happen with small kids. Just having a lovely sit down. Here's to doing more of that. Um, and thank you so much for listening to another episode of But Why. I'm always grateful to have you here. I'm always up for some feedback too at But Why at ClemmyTelford.com or on Instagram. And please do rate and review and subscribe. These things make a huge difference to how many other people get to listen to the podcast. And as I say, I was about to go and fold some washing, but I think I'm just going to go and have a quick lie down. So that's me. Look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye-bye.